Today we are going to look at a study from Oxford, UK. The study shows that even after mild COVID, there is global brain size reduction in the patients. The study is presented, so let me just very quickly show you. This is a study, SARS-CoV-2 is associated with changes in brain structure in UK Biobank. It is published on 7 March 2022, so pretty fresh. And here are the author affiliations. So if you see here, the authors are from the Welcome Center for Integrative Neuroimaging, WIN, from Oxford, UK, then Department of Pediatrics, EAR Institute, National Institute of Mental Health, Neffield Department of Population Health, UK Dementia Research Institution, Institute and Department of Brain Science, Big Data Institute, University of Oxford, UK. So, let's start our discussion. So here's the study. What they saw in this study, let's start from here. What are the possible outcomes or implication of this neuroimaging study are the following. Number one, what they saw was that the olfaction issues are at the root of this possible pathology. That means the patients who develop anosmia or hyposmia, hyposmia means lesser smell, or dysosmia means different smell, or phantosmia, that is a smell that actually does not exist in the surrounding, but the patient still feels it or hyperosmia, which is a rarer condition where there is more intense smell than normal, or similarly, hypogusia, which means reduced sense of taste or flavor, and agusia sometimes, which is just absence of the flavor. And this is what happens when the nasal system or olfactory system is not working correctly, then we cannot associate the, the sense of smell doesn't work with the taste and so that combined flavor does not work and so it seems like just very bland food that we are eating. Similarly, the olfactory system is also integrated with auditory and visual uh, impulses as well or inputs as well. So this is how when, when we can look at a food, we can feel that this is food and we can have that emotion of food. So in that visual impulse, that goes and connects into the olfactory system. And that is how sense of smell plays a role as well. So all of these things can actually become abnormal. And the most important thing that the authors found was that there was a faster cognitive decline. And now exactly was it because of COVID? or some other factors that COVID triggered, that is not known. But this is true that this, is, this occurred in COVID patients because they had control patients as well. They had comparison patients too, who were similar age, similar body environment, similar set of diseases, if at all. But the only difference was they did not have COVID. And their co cognitive decline with age was lesser compared to COVID or COVID patients. Similarly, forming new memories, sense of smell or olfaction plays a very important role in forming new memory or reinforcing the current memories.
So these um, functions of the brain can be affected as well. And remember, these functions of the brain can be affected continuing after the COVID is over. And you would see that the next image that they did, so they took the patients and they did imaging on them. The first image was before the COVID. The next image on average was 104 days after COVID, 104 days, almost more than three months. Even then, the patients had these brain size changes. Then behavioral problems can occur. You would see that the frontal part of the brain or orbitofrontal part of the brain is involved in this size reduction. And that part is responsible to form personality and decision-making uh, um, functions connected with olfaction, connected with sense of smell. Sense of smell has been a very important sense because uh, in the primitive brain, it is a sense of smell that has been driving our food-seeking behavior and even uh, mate-seeking behavior. Similarly, stereotypical behavioral issues can come up, which are the issues, what does it mean, stereotypical behavior, a man's man-like behavior, a woman's woman-like behavior. Some of those behaviors are associated with the olfactory system. So those behaviors can become uh, abnormal as well. And so the social responsiveness, attentiveness, and social behavior could actually become abnormal. Then abnormal expectation of reward and punishment. What happens is that the sense of smell is connected into our limbic system. Limbic system is our primitive brain mostly responsible to manage our emotions or receive and build our emotions. In that part of the function, two important functions are uh, there, which is number one, reward, and number two, punishment. We generally operate on various inputs by labeling them as this is a rewarding input or this is a punishing input, and that is how we learn to do certain things and not to do certain things. Olfactory system is integrated into limbic system as well. An olfactory system can actually integrate into the expectation of reward or punishment. For example, if you make a decision, you say, you know what, I am going to eat that food. And then there is also a feeling of I'm going to have a lot of fun when I eat this food. That is an expectation of reward. Similarly, if somebody has some idea of doing something inappropriate, then there is a connected feeling that I may be punished for that. And that is the limbic system, punishment system. These functions are integrated with olfactory system as well. So when the olfactory system is abnormal, then these behaviors can become abnormal as well. Similarly, inability to suppress existing odor to the sense new odors. Uh, again, I want to clarify that the authors or researchers only showed that there was a reduction in brain size, and we'll go in detail for that, Plus, they said there is a fall in rapid fall in cognition compared to others. These other abnormalities that are that I'm listing here are connected to the areas that they have identified which got shrunk. 
So it is not necessary that all of these abnormalities would appear, maybe just a brain fog and that is about it. But the anything from this list and more could occur. Now our brain has a very interesting behavior and you know it that if we have an existing odor in our environment, we become adapted to it. The point of becoming adapted to the odor is so that a new odor can be recognized. So our brain actually actively suppresses the existing odors. When the olfactory system becomes abnormal after the COVID uh, disease, after COVID disease, the areas that become involved in size reduction, the most size reduction, olfactory areas, one function of those area, orbito, orbitofrontal cortex, is to suppress the existing odors so that new odors can be recognized. And if that function becomes abnormal, then we will not be able to suppress existing odors. And so all odors would just become equally intense. And finally, we could also develop brain fog as well. So now let's look at this study a little more in detail. So this study is peer-reviewed. It has actually been accepted for publication. So it is not a preprint. It is not still being reviewed. It is unedited, the, the print, but it is an accepted print. It was accepted on 21 February 2022, and it was published on 7 March 2022. Here is what they did. In this study, they had 785 persons. I'm not calling them patients because they were all not patients. They were participant in providing their brain scans to UK Biobank for further researches. So 785 people age 51 to 81. Normally what would happen is that let's say if you are participant in this study or in this process, you will go and get your uh, brain scan done and deposit that to the biobank. Let's say that is your contribution. So this study was not done to say, all right, if somebody is going to get COVID, let's see what happens. So out of those 785 persons, before their second image was done, many months later, the researchers found that 401 persons were infected by COVID. 15 of them severely infected and hospitalized. This data that you're going to see today, that excludes these 15 hospitalized patients. So we can understand that these problems are occurring even after milder COVID. 384 persons till their second image were COVID free. So they became the control. And of course, they were comparable in their uh, demography to these 401. So that was the basic setup. What they found is this. So imagine that let's say me or you decided to offer a brain scan at point A, let's say somewhere in 2021 or early 2021. 
Then the point B, let's say end of 2021 or somewhere in the middle of 2022, which is not here yet, meaning many months apart. They found that 401 patients had developed COVID and their COVID diagnosis to their second image, the time between them on average was 104 days, so more than three months. So what is happening is an image is done before COVID, then COVID occurred, and about three months or later, the second image was done. So if COVID caused any brain issues, which got resolved with COVID, then the image A and image B will not be much different or they would have that natural decline or change as you would see with the, with the control group as well. However, they saw that there was a significant longitudinal effect. That means in the long run, for a longer period of time, there was a significant effect on the brain, including global brain size reduction. I'm using these words from the paper. Global brain size reduction means whole brain reduced in size. And one could argue that maybe during this severe case or during the case of COVID active disease, the, there is an effect on the brain and then that effect goes away. But here, at least 104 days average, the brain effect on the COVID patients was more compared to non-COVID persons. Now, what did they find? They find three primary changes. Number one, they saw that orbitofrontal and parahippocampal gyri or gyrus were affected. What does that mean? So this part of the brain, we are looking at the brain from, from, under, from below upwards. So this part of the brain sits on top of our eyes, in the skull of course, but just above the eyes. This part is called orbitofrontal cortex. This is part of the personality cortex and it is connected to the olfactory system or smell system. Plus these blue areas that I have here. Here we have brain structures called uncus and hippocampus and parahippocampus. The parahippocampus here is connected to olfactory system. Remember, in the roof of our nose, we have something called olfactory bulb. That is part of the brain neurons that are projecting in the roof of our nose and through those neurons, we smell. So that neuron set sends the exons or their threads back in the brain and that gets connected to one part gets connected to parahippocampus as well. There are multiple branches that occur. There is a medial, medial stria and lateral stria and tubercle. Ignore that for the time being. It's just that olfactory system, of course, connects into the brain. And what they saw was that the parahippocampus and the orbitofrontal cortex both reduced the gray matter. Gray matter means the cell bodies, the actual brain matter the cell bodies that are doing the function of brain, their size, the gray matter size was reduced. Now, is that size, this is called atrophy. Now, is that, or degeneration, is that size reduced because the neurons became slimmer 
they lost some of their nutrition from their cell bodies and they became lean because they were not functioning as much and they did not need to keep as much of the um, nutrition in them and the various molecules in them or they actually died out of 10 two died let's say or out of 100 two died that is not clear from the paper but there is a reduction in the brain gray matter in these two areas especially what else they also found that there was a greater change in imaging biomarkers in the areas connected to primary olfactory system and these biomarkers they were for damage brain damage biomarkers so when you're doing the imaging you can actually see various biomarkers and these biomarkers were for the damaged tissue what does that mean that means that the tissue may have been reduced in size increased in size become abnormal leaked some of its nutrients from the axons or molecules so those damage markers were observed especially in the olfactory area olfactory system so olfactory system as i just said before olfactory bulb olfactory pathway then medial stria lateral stria tubercle parahippocampus uncus olfactory uh, this orbitofrontal cortex and many other parts so this is a quick diagram of this so that is two olfactory system was the most affected and researchers think as we will discuss later as well they thought that this is happening because people develop anosmia and so they develop some problem with the olfactory system which may be reaching in the brain as well so the olfactory bulb in the roof of the nose is kind of acting as a door for the virus to kind of cause damage inwards to the brain now exactly how does that happen we'll discuss that later they don't actually know exactly what happens they have some theories some hypotheses and we look at those and then third they saw that there was a greater reduction in global brain size what does that mean greater reduction compared to others in the same imaging groups who were not COVID positive so uh, again you, you're looking at a study where they are doing sequential scans for the brain in people as they age normally when we age our brain gray matter sizes start reducing however so that means you you would expect everybody's brain size to be reducing a tiny bit however they saw that the patients of covid had a more rapid decline in the brain size so they had more reduction in brain size compared to their age mates so three things olfactory system problem then the global brain size reduction and then the brain size reduction even more in the orbitofrontal cortex and parahippocampus then they also saw that the cognitive decline was more in covid patients compared to their other group mates who were also giving their images and this was true even after excluding the hospitalized 15 patients so it is not that we can say all right you know those who had the severe case maybe they had more issues with the brain as well this is actually mild cases too and uh, 
that you may have heard from people that they develop uh, brain fog or they develop neurological symptoms. Now, one thing that is missing here, and again, we cannot fault the researchers to say you must do all of the things that we ask you. Somebody else can do the second study or maybe they can do the second study. And that is what is missing here is the vaccination data. If I would hope to run this study, I would probably expand the size to say non-COVID, COVID positive, but not vaccinated, vaccinated only and not COVID, vaccinated plus COVID. And in there, there can be two groups, vaccinated first and then COVID and COVID first and then vaccinated. And then comparison, because there is also uh, vaccine injury folks who develop the brain fog-like symptoms or neurological symptoms. So maybe they also have a similar outcome, but that is not known. That's not in the study. Now, what is the hypothesis? What are the possibilities of this happening? How did this happen? Possibly. Number one, imagine this is the olfactory neuron. This is, it has its little um, dendrites in the roof of our nose where various chemical substances for odor they come and attach and where the SARS-CoV-2 would come and attach as well. So far the studies have shown that SARS-CoV-2 does not actually infect the olfactory nerve but who knows. So far what we know is from the previous studies that SARS-CoV-2 causes the epithelium or the support tissue of the olfactory bulb in the roof of the nose. It causes infection there, causes congestion there, which then presses on the olfactory nerve and causes uh, functional problems. But again, it is possible that the virus is infecting the nerve, then that infection spreads inwards in the brain and that is what is causing the damage. That is one possibility. The second possibility is that the virus is present in that area of olfactory bulb and or the roof of the nose and because of the congestion there are inflammatory markers and those inflammatory markers are then spreading inwards in the brain as well. And that inflammatory markers presence is then causing brain's responses and causing brain damage. A third possibility is something that is called disused atrophy where what happens is, imagine this is the olfactory nerve neuron and it wants to send its, its message to the other neurons inside the brain. But imagine that for some reason, this neuron is not working correctly because it is pressed on or it has congestion around this in the roof of the nose or it has other molecules, inflammatory molecules affecting its function. Eventually what is happening is that the second neurons that are expecting to receive signals from this neuron are not receiving the signal. And when they're not receiving the signal and they're not working, they would decide to either die or they would decide to become very lean because they are not really needed to work. This is called disuse atrophy. People who may have had a fracture of a limb and when they put that in a cast and they do not use that limb for some time, for some weeks, they can actually see that once the cast is removed, their muscles have become a little smaller in size and that is disuse atrophy as well. That is the same thing over here. So maybe olfactory nerves functional problems 
are then reflected inwards by the remaining tissue that is connected with the olfactory nerve to not function correctly and become atrophied or degenerated. Now atrophy is different, degeneration is different, but still we do not know. They use the word degeneration, the authors. Now the question that authors pose as well, that is this reversible? Is this partially reversible? Or is this persistent? They don't know because they have the images now, let's say three, four months later. We would have to figure out months and months later and years later to see what is the outcome. So that is still not known. The prognosis is not known. Now, what are the potential solutions? Authors thought about, again, they did not say, go do this. They thought that, and they wrote, that in the previous studies with olfactory problems, for example, in Alzheimer's or dementia, there have been studies that say that you could do olfactory retraining. So when you start using this sense of smell and retrain it, then the connected areas start becoming or improving in their size and function as well. So olfactory retraining is one that they had thought about. In my opinion, there are some more things that could be done. And again, this is not a medical advice, it's just thinking aloud. One is, of course, olfactory retraining. Another thing that I have seen is that many times people who have COVID and they develop a nosemia, giving them ivermectin for 2-3 days actually helps very quickly reverse anosmia. Some patients respond very well to fluvoxamine for anosmia. And if these drugs can reduce the progression of anosmia and reverse the anosmia quickly, that would then help reduce the progression inward in the brain as well. So that is a possibility of something that can be tried. Then another important thing is that brain can respond to the inflammatory markers present in this area which, were, which would go in the brain with the blood flow and lymph flow. And so inflammatory markers should be controlled during the disease and soon after and whatever way you and your doctor can figure out that what are the ways to reduce inflammation, they should be tried. We should not be left alone during the disease to say, if it becomes worse, only then you seek help. I think we should seek help before. We should seek help even during the milder cases. As you can see over here, it causes, it can cause brain effect. So, these anti-inflammatories should be given throughout, not just only in the hospital. And again, for the steroids, we know that steroids should not be given in the early part because they would allow the virus to become rampant and be less challenged. Once again, not a medical advice, just thinking aloud. And finally, an, another important area, which has been tried many times before for other reasons in the uh, brain functional problems, is art or creation. The point of doing art is not to learn something new, but 
in this con context. The point of doing art is to challenge the brain to try to learn something and become frustrated and struggle with it. And that whole environment of extra effort and trying to do something causes the ascending reticular activating system to become active. When that becomes active, that is like lights on in the brain. When that becomes active, it activates the whole brain. And when the whole brain is activated, then the gray matter size can start becoming replenished because brain is active. Number one. Number two, when the brain is active, of course, that means there is more electrical activity going on. That also means that more electrical activity will spill through the brain, through the spinal cord and into the muscles and other effectors as well. So generally, a higher tone of activity is maintained in the body which also helps keep the muscle mass or helps reduce the natural reduction in muscle mass. It helps stall that progress by increasing the tone or maintaining the tone of the body as well. So brain activity is not only good for the brain but it is also good for the body as well. So these are some thoughts. Exactly what is the solution? Of course neurologists would know better and a discussion with them will be important as well. So we'll keep an eye on the future updates to this study if they uh, look at the images for the same patients after more months and it will be interesting to see if the disease starts recovering is reversible or not. So with this thank you very much and I would see you next time.